Welcome on in to Medill Edit Bay number four for yet another episode of Rounding the Bases, WNUR Sports' podcast for the Northwestern baseball team. My name is Zach Coons. This is my first episode hosting this podcast, filling in for a Mitt Malik. I'll be taking over for the rest of the season. He will be missed dearly, and we will we will carry on his legacy here in the Medill Edit Bays. I'm joined today by Will Greer and Ryan Wangman. We're back from spring break. It's downright balmy in Evanston, a solid 40 degrees. How's your gentleman? How how's your first week going, gentlemen? Uh, doing well. Trying to fill the time. This podcast comes into play as a way to fill the time, but also talk some Northwestern baseball. Good times are hopefully ahead. Yeah, I mean, a rainy first day was not a good way to start the week, and then snow the following day. So uh, the weather in spring quarter needs to live up to its reputation. We need some sunny skies, some Lakeville days. It was tough. I went to Florida for spring break. I came back, and I was greeted with this. I'm sure the baseball players aren't happy about it either, so they're definitely cheering for some better weather for their games upcoming. We'll jump right into it here. We'll touch briefly here. We have we have a lot of baseball that we haven't covered. Uh, last podcast touched a little bit on the Illinois series, uh, which unfortunately the Northwestern team was swept, but three very, very close games. They followed that up on the 27th with Chicago State, a very closely contested game, a loss, 8-7, to seven, a weekday game. Matt Gannon got the start. J.R. Reimer gets the loss as Chicago State comes thundering back to win that game. Gentlemen, what are some what are some takeaways from this game that you kind of saw as a midweek contest? Uh, maybe not necessarily truly indicative of, of the team's performance thus far. Just give me some thoughts. Well, I, I think if you boil down... Uh, the performance from Chicago State leading into the game. This is a team that had lost 15 consecutive contests. And I know, you know, a little bit before the podcast, we were talking about, okay, are midweek games really indicative of, of the team's performance? You know, you're not starting your best pitchers. But I think that, you know, regardless, this is a team in Chicago State that is, is has, has, does not have quality wins um, on its resume. And again, is coming in losing 15 straight and and to get the win to be the to be the team that loses to the team that had previously lost 15 straight that's that's a blow to your own confidence so it might not even be about the result because honestly the only results that really matter is your record in Big Ten play um, when it comes down to it but I think that what matters is you lose you take a significant confidence hit when you when you're thinking about that you know laying in bed at night oh we lost to the team that lost 15 in a row that's 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 my mindset when I'm thinking about this game yeah my my retort to that Ryan would be that I don't necessarily think this team took that big of a confidence hit they rebounded nicely with the weekend in Maryland played three really competitive baseball games against a pretty good Maryland team as long as you flush the result and don't let it affect you going forward, it really doesn't matter. It's the nature of the sport of baseball. And Northwestern, without any more postponements, will play 49 games this season. One out of those 49 might be a little flukish. Maybe that's what the loss to Chicago State was. Yeah, you hate to lose to that team, as you just mentioned. Looking at some of Chicago State's scores this season. 20-1 to loss, a couple 11-1 to losses. Uh, not a pretty baseball team. But that being said... Baseball's a flukish game. This is one out of 49. It's a midweek game. Flush it, move on, and let's talk about Maryland, a more meaningful series, right? Perfect. Great transition there, Will Greer. We will hop in right to Maryland. Just a few numbers from that game. Final score was 8-7. to seven. Chicago State wins on a walk-off single in the bottom of the ninth. Matt Gannon got the start, goes two and two-thirds, four earned runs. 
Some notable performances at the plate. Alex Arrow going three for five with three RBIs. Jack Clays also with three RBIs in the game. But they moved on. They rebounded here, as, as Will just said. Took to College Park, Maryland, the long flight during spring break. Obviously, probably not a lot of students at that game, regardless, even if it was in Maryland, where they were not on spring break. But we'll get right into it. Game one here, a 4-0 win for the Northwestern Wildcats behind Big Ten Pitcher of the Week performance, Quinn Lavelle. Guys, how good has Lavelle been this year for the Cats? I mean, he's been downright dominant, um, impressive. This was his best start, um, obviously, by far, earning that uh, Pitcher of the Week, earning those Pitcher of the Week honors. But I, th I really think that um, he hasn't even had a performance where he's he's really struggled unless you maybe look at the Kansas game really early in the season. But I think since then, um, you know, you look at his performances against Texas, only allowing one earned run. Central Michigan, no earned runs. Illinois, three earned runs, but that's in 6.1 innings of work. And then, of course, at Maryland, no runs allowed through that complete game. So you talk about him hitting his stride at the right time going into Big Ten play, um, probably being the Friday starter for the rest of the season. This is this is a kid who, as a freshman, is being thrust into a really big role, and I think you know he's really handling it um, in the best way he possibly can. You know, taking those expectations and really converting them into into good performances. His ERA on the season is two point one, and that that's that's pretty impressive to me. That includes also, Ryan, a four-earned run-allowed performance in his second-ever career start. You look at his last four starts, he's allowed four cumulative earned runs over four starts. The walk numbers have been a bit high, but the strikeout numbers are improving. He's only allowed 19 hits cumulatively across those four starts as well. This is a Maryland lineup that boasts a couple potential MLB players uh, moving forward. Marty Costas is a guy who many think is going to be a first-round pick. Nick Dunn, a guy who could be a top-three-round pick. Both guys have played in the Cape League the last two summers. Quinn Lavelle shut those guys down. He was really, really good. And in that Friday starter situation that you just alluded to, Ryan, Having a lefty go out there to pair with Christie, the righty, on Saturday, and another lefty, Pagliarini, on Sunday. To have lefty, righty, lefty like that to break it up over the weekend works really well for Spencer Allen. So Quinn Lavelle is embracing that Friday role, looks really good, and hopefully he can build on this complete game shutout. Some numbers from that game for Lavelle. Eight strikeouts, only allowing four hits, no runners in scoring position over the entire course of the game. Opposing batters this year are hitting just 221. Currently 3-2 is his record with a 2-10 ERA. As you guys mentioned, so important to have the momentum coming out on that Friday start and getting a win for the Wildcats. Performance behind the plate, maybe the Northwestern, not their best performance. Played a little small ball in the second, had both a sack bunt and a sack fly to bring in two runs, kept the pressure on, were able to get the win 4-0. How big was it to come in? away against Maryland, especially after getting swept in some really close games against Illinois, come in and get that win? Well, I think, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, small ball and, and, you know, how those runs were, were were delivered, I think, you know, that's that's the kind of thing of this team, you know, using looking at this game as, as kind of a, you're not going to get a, a zero run outing from your pitchers very often, but the idea of how do we get how do we get runners to score in any way we can? Because when you look at you know some of the results, especially from the Illinois series, very close games, that's that's the difference of of one sack fly or, or one sack bunt. So I think that you know this series has been really indicative of okay, we have had we have had some successes. We've 
our, our pitching has, has largely done a really good job of keeping us in games. And now, now the question is, how do we string a few more hits together um, to, to get the, to get those wins and not just the moral victories? And so I think that, especially in this game, the the 4-0 win, you saw that, you saw that, that that start to to materialize. I think seven hits is a pretty good number for this team. They had seven hits, only four runs on those seven hits in this game. But you look at the team slugging percentage, sub 400 at 360. That means there's just not a lot of pop on this team. Yeah, they've hit uh, 13 home runs combined. That's anchored by Bourbon and Clays, who both have four. But not a ton of doubles, not a ton of triples either. It's going to take rally-inducing innings like we saw in this game. A single, a sacrifice bunt, a couple fielder's choices to score these runs. If you get to seven or eight hits, you have a chance to score four, five, six runs. That's probably the recipe for this team to win games going forward. You mentioned the extra base hits. Willie Bourbon, the only extra base hit in this game from both teams, had a double in the ninth, an RBI double in the ninth, to extend the lead for the Cats to 4-0. And we'll never know mentally... This is an impossible exercise, obviously. We'll never know how that double changed the mentality of this team going to the bottom half of the ninth. But four to nothing feels so much more comfortable than three to nothing. It had to have for a first year pitcher trying to go out and shut the door. Who knows how big that double was to give Lavelle that extra amount of confidence that he could shut the door in the bottom of the ninth with that four run lead. I think it also says a lot about the confidence of Coach Spencer Allen leaving his freshman starter out there for the entire game. Obviously, he was dominant. He had only allowed four hits. But showing that trust, I think, was definitely big for Lavelle to kind of keep that confidence going and definitely looking forward, knowing that he's the guy. He's the man on Friday that that Spencer Allen is going to send out and that it is his job to get the job done on that first game of the series. And again, one more note on that. Maybe Coach Allen isn't saying Lavelle's my best starter, Christie still might be that guy. Numbers-wise, Lavelle's proving that he is a Friday night guy. But even if Lavelle was the number two, it just makes sense the way this rotation is shaped up to go lefty, righty, lefty. You never want to pitch the same armed pitcher two straight days. So it works out really, really well with Lavelle and Pagliarini settling, settling into their roles as weekend starters to go lefty, righty, lefty. And something of note also, you know, Maybe it could be a trust issue of the bullpen as well. Nobody, aside from Pagliarini and Lavelle, uh, if you don't count Charlie Bourbon's one inning of work, has an ERA under four. Um, so that could be something that Spencer Allen thinks, okay, I know Lavelle's been dealing. I don't know if my bullpen can deal quite as well in this close game. So I think it could also be uh, not only a vote of confidence, but uh, maybe let's be cautious if he's already doing well. We don't need to pull him unnecessarily. Yeah, pitch count was kind of high at 119 for Lavelle. But to your point, you never know. A four-run lead is not the safest thing with the way this bullpen has played at times. Yeah, why not go out and give him a ninth inning? He did really well in that ninth uh, to close the door on Maryland. Northwestern picks up their first conference win in that game at the time, 1-3. and three. Carried that momentum right into Saturday. Started out hot in the first inning. Jack Clays with a three-run home run. They jumped out to a 3-0 lead. Maryland able to battle back a little bit, but Northwestern was leading 5-3 after three innings. Maryland comes battling back. You mentioned that bullpen. Bullpen gives up three runs in the 8th, ninth, and 10th, and Northwestern falls in this game 5-4 in 10 innings. I want to I stay on the pitching here for a little bit because we were talking a little bit about Hank Christie. Christie in this game only goes two-thirds of an inning, allows two earned runs, had a walk, had a hit batter. What kind of happened here, and how how did Northwestern kind of grapple with 
having to put these these relievers in these long inning situations? Well, I think that when you have a starter that you know is 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 really struggling from the get go, uh, you have a decision to make. How long? Um, do you roll with them before the game gets out of hand? Before it gets, um, un- uh, you know, before it's not a competitive game anymore. And so I think that for Spencer Allen to go to the bullpen, it's definitely not a decision he made lightly. But I think he thought, you know, get, let's give somebody else a chance to to really get in the zone. You know, Hank maybe doesn't have his best stuff today, and and we need to mitigate the damage as much as we can early on. Ryan Bader also, the guy who came in in relief, was a guy who from the get-go this season, Coach Allen saw as a potential starter, not saying that he's taking the spot of Christie by any means. That's uh, hyperbole in its purest form here on Rounding the Bases. But when you have a guy like Bader, you might as well get him out there, get him a chance. When Christie was showing those signs of struggling early, Christie only threw 29 pitches in this start. Again, only two-thirds of an inning, as you guys mentioned. Bader threw 57 pitches, more of a starter kind of quantity. He went three and a third. So I think this decision was probably made uh, by the mindset we can get Bader some work. Hank doesn't have his best stuff today. But you want Hank going more than two-thirds of an inning going forward, and hopefully he can regroup from this start and have a better one, hopefully this Saturday against the Wolverines. You mentioned the performance from Bader. Tommy Bordignon also coming in in relief getting two innings of work, allowing no hits and no earned runs. Rich Forden gets the loss, uh, a really unfortunate performance. He actually gave up the tying run in a double play situation, so uh, almost very unlucky there yeah, for the tough. Wildcats. Tough. Uh, not really able to do a whole lot there. And then in the 10th, uh, walks in a batter when the bases are loaded. Uh, at that point in time, he'd already been in for three innings. But overall, uh, a fairly impressive performance from the bullpen. We'll jump into the lineup here. Uh, something that kind of jumped out to me uh, and something that I think the the lineup for Northwestern has been struggling a little bit with this year. Jack Dunn, the leadoff hitter, going two for four. Alex Arrow batting second, also two for four. And Jack Clays was three for four with four RBIs in this game. The rest of the lineup only had four hits uh, and one RBI amongst them. How can Northwestern kind of spread that around and, and, and look for some some power, some affordability in the in these other situations well don't forget Jack Clay's also with those two home runs so he you know I think he's been hitting hitting the ball really well especially you know over the past over the past several games and I think that really really what it takes is it, it's not going there's not there's not going to be a secret sauce it's going to be you know people that have contributed at points over the season people that have found their stride at, at different points over the season they're going to have to come together at some point and all kind of sync up and start hitting at the same time because there have been really, really strong individual performances this season. There have been, you know, games where people have have gone off, have have really hit, have seen the ball well and have hit hit very well. But I think until you can string those together, um, you know, there's not really there's not a, there's not a magic. Okay, this person needs to to hit well. You know, if you talk about Willie Bourbon early in the season was was absolutely dominant, a little quieter in this series. So it's about the people that have done really well throughout the season doing it at the same time uh yeah to your point ryan clays over his last 11 is now 14 for 33 with a handful of home runs so he's playing really well as of late but as we talked about earlier this team doesn't necessarily have the consistent extra base pop and that puts more of an impetus on the bottom half of your lineup your entire lineup to string together rallies to string together quality at bats that's where it starts 
you can't have the kind of production that you just mentioned, Zach, out of the bottom four or five in your lineup. It has to be one through nine, especially with this team that doesn't necessarily have the pop. you got to have continuous rallies from one through nine if you're going to score runs. Overall, fairly impressive performance for Northwestern uh, in that game. Setting up the rubber match on Sunday, it was Jack Pagliarini who gets the start, goes seven and two-thirds, allowing four earned runs. Another impressive performance from a uh, starter and a, and a lengthy performance from a starter. Allows seven hits, four earned runs, walks two batters, has seven strikeouts. Uh, Northwestern, once again, has the lead early on in the game. Uh, and then it was uh, the lead kind of fell apart in the eighth inning. Pagliarini gives up two earned runs uh, on a Biondic home run for Maryland. Um, another close one, and, and you have to look, Northwestern now falls to 1-5 in, in conference play. Only a total of six runs have separated those losses. So Northwestern once again finds themselves in a close game and can't piece it together. What's missing? Yeah, so I, I got a chance to catch the end of this game. And the North, Northwestern had the bases loaded um, with two outs uh, in the top of the ninth. And Connor Land, fr from from what I, I was just listening on the radio, but from what it sounded like, he ripped one um, into left field. And again, you talk about those 50-50 balls. Um, Maryland's left fielder made a really good play on the ball, kind of you know a, a good defensive play on a really well-hit ball. Um, whereas if that had gotten down, maybe that's two runs. Maybe the Wildcats do take the game. So. Some of it, I will say, boils down to luck. Some bad luck. You hit a ball well. That's what you're expected to do. Um, you don't make a bad decision on the base pass, something like that. Um, and it just it just doesn't turn out as well as you would hope. And, you know, you, you like to think law of averages. You, you'll get the luck at some – you'll get the luck back at some point in the season. But to this point, I, I think that there's not too much more they can do. I, I don't think this team is going to suddenly turn into a dominant juggernaut. I think that they just have to wait to to really capitalize on those opportunities and swing those close games in their favor. Really well said, I think, Ryan. This team is going to be in close games going forward. They aren't the juggernaut offensively, but they also have the pitching and defense and speed to be in these close games. I wouldn't be surprised if over half of this team's games in the Big Ten are settled by two or fewer runs. It's just going to be that kind of season. So you hope the mentality stays high. You hope the mindset stays positive for Northwestern because they're going to have to win some of these games going forward. You think about it, as you just said, Zach, four losses decided by six total runs. If you just win half of those games, you're now 500 in the Big Ten and right in the thick of things. But now you're one in five in conference, and it's an uphill battle to get to that eighth spot to get to the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I think the the really curious thing is even though they lose the series against Maryland, they're plus two on run differential um, in that series, which I think is is really indicative of this is a team that that could compete with Maryland. They clearly showed it. They scored um, more total runs in the series, but I think again when you talk about those unlucky breaks, um, you know that's just this that's just the way it goes sometimes, and it's it's been unfortunate. So the Maryland Terrapins move to 2-1 and one in conference, 14-15 and 15 on the year. Northwestern falls to 1-5 and five in conference and is now sitting at 8-14. and 14. We kind of already talked about some of the takeaways from this series. Are there any kind of lingering thoughts that you guys have on what this team needs to do coming up into this next weekend against Michigan, which we'll preview here in just a little bit? What they need to improve on, maybe other than uh, trying trying to get some pop, maybe get some other hitters involved. Do you have anything, Ryan? I got a couple things. 
Do you want to go first, though? Go for it. I, I just have a few. Th- I mean, I think that that putting together rallies to score runs, when you talk about how many runs they've scored over the past uh, seven games, they've scored uh, you know, more than four just twice, one a five uh, run loss to Maryland, and then one the seven run loss to Chicago State. So um, you have to score. You're putting a lot of pressure on uh, your pitching and your defense um, when your ceiling for runs scored is around the four four run mark. That's a lot to ask of of relatively inexperienced pitching of 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 defense that has been very very impressive. Um, but that's a lot to ask, and so I think that that more run scoring. Um, and definitely, like you were saying, Will, of, of getting the whole lineup involved. If you're going to play, if you don't have that, that, that extra base power, then it really is going to come down to stringing together hits, and, and everybody has to do that in order for them to, to score more runs. Yeah, completely agree with that. The, the one through nine rallying, good at-bats, doesn't even need to be base hits, but taking walks, moving runners over, uh, it needs to be productive at-bats from one through nine. And here's a, here's a second maybe sneakier goal for this team, I think, going forward. Getting lengthy outings out of each weekend starter. This weekend, Pagliarini and Lavelle were phenomenal, both going more than seven innings uh, in in their respective starts. But Hank Christie going just two-thirds of an inning on Saturday, that really taxes the bullpen. So if all three guys can have significant outings in their respective starts, then Coach Allen kind of has his pick of which bullpen arms to use on each day. That only strengthens this team's ability to win games down the stretch in those eighth, ninth inning situations. You need lengthy, productive starts out of your starters to keep the bullpen fresh, to keep the options aplenty uh, down the stretch in these close games. So a tough series loss for the Wildcats, but they will look to bounce back this weekend. First of all, just a quick mention here, uh, Northwestern was supposed to play UIC on Tuesday. The game was canceled yet again. This time there has been no rescheduled date, so no uh, crosstown rivalry uh, game able to get in. I hate to see it. Was supposed to be back at home at Rocky and Bernice Miller Park, but the Wildcats will be there this weekend as they take on Michigan. Michigan 16-11 and 11 overall at the current moment in time. 3-0 in Big Ten play after they swept Michigan State. They have won 12 baseball games in a row, but none of these over particularly competitive teams. Bowling Green, they swept uh, a big sweep, or a an, another big win against Oakland, then the sweep of Michigan State, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, and a sweep of Delaware. So Michigan currently sitting actually atop the the Big Ten standings at the current moment in time but haven't necessarily gotten to play anybody. What is Northwestern looking for, and what should they kind of be scouting going into this series against the Wolverines? Uh, well, I think a key, if you're looking at a, a number to look at, is their 3-7 and seven record uh, in true road games. And I think that that is something that, yeah, they've, they've been the Wolverines 11-1 and one at home. That's formidable, but you're playing them at Rocky and Bernice Miller Park. So, you know, I don't really know if it's... Uh, the mindset for these Wolverines going to play road games, but I think that you know you can look at and be scared of oh they've won 12 in a row, but you can also look at hey they haven't performed that well away from home. We could maybe steal a series from them, take advantage even though they're the leaders in the Big Ten, take advantage of 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 a team that you know has not played as well away from home. This is a Michigan team, guys, that was expected to be top half of the conference. They lost back on March 14th. To a Division II school, Lawrence Tech at home, eight to three. Made a couple errors, had some bad defensive or base running blunders in that game, and that is what sparked this 12-game win streak. You read anything about this baseball team, 
they have all sorts of confidence right now. I don't care who you're playing. Winning 12 straight in the sport of baseball is pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, their head coach, Eric Bakich, says that the team is completely different now. He said the guys were quitting earlier on in the year. They didn't necessarily have the support of their teammates in the dugout. They weren't into the game. This team now is kind of riding a serious hot streak. They have all sorts of confidence, and I bet they're expecting to come into Evanston and win all three games. You look at the, the slow start for this team. They were at 1.4-11 before this 12-game win streak. But that included some really strong tests. They played the number one RPI team right now, Stanford at Stanford. Won one out of four there. Had another uh, tough series at Lipscomb. So this team is challenged. It wasn't a horrible 4-11 and start. 12 straight is 12 straight, though, my point being. This team has a ton of confidence, and they should come ready to play this weekend. Yeah, and you talk about some of the key contributors for that team. You know, freshman Jesse Franklin named the Big Ten Freshman of the Week after hitting 500 with a 938 slugging percentage in Michigan's four games last week. So he's definitely somebody to watch. Um, junior Aiko Thomas, who's Michigan's leadoff man, has reached base in all 27 games uh, this season. So those are definitely some players that, um, if you know, if 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 Michigan start, or excuse me, if Northwestern starting pitchers can't shut them down, um, the Wildcats could definitely be in for a long weekend. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a team that could provide a lot of challenges for Northwestern to deal with. And a couple more pieces of bad news if you're Northwestern. I promise we'll be more glass half full in a moment, but this Michigan team has one of the best bullpens in the country. They have a guy named Will Tribuker who has a sub-2 ERA. He's a really talented southpaw out of the bullpen. Already appeared in 10 games this year, a 1.77 ERA for him. Have a couple other arms out of the bullpen as well. So, in the close game... Uh, narrative that we've been following all season long for this Northwestern baseball team, that may not bode well. If they're down one late, even if they're up one late, it's going to be kind of hard to score runs against this Michigan staff uh, down the stretch of these games. But if we're talking glass half full, like you said, you know, talking about the underdog narrative of Northwestern versus Michigan, just last year in the Big Ten tournament, Northwestern upsetting number two Michigan six to four in that opening round um, again a close game like we talked about a lot of the players that were on that team returning for this season so I think that you know maybe they can use that that game as, as a little bit of inspiration you know they know they're not probably supposed to win this series but you know they might just say we don't care we've been in this situation before let's execute let's execute the same way we did there Ryan, you stole my thunder a little bit there. I was just going to mention that the last time the Wildcats and Wolverines met up on the field, that it was in that Big Ten tournament game. Uh, an impressive win for the Wildcats. Obviously, that sparked their run uh, in, in that Big Ten tournament. I think you guys you, you really hit the nail on the head. Michigan is really a complete baseball team. Has plenty of weapons at the plate. And, Will, you brought up uh, the Tribuker. Also, j just some impressive starters Northwestern should definitely expect to see Tommy Henry, 2.86 ERA, 4-0 in 44 innings pitch. In 44 innings pitched, my apologies. Carl Kaufman, a 3.06 ERA in 35.1 innings pitched. Uh, and third starter probably a little bit up in the air. Michigan's been mi mixing it around a little bit, but definitely keep an eye out for Ben Dragani, 2-0 this year in 32.2 innings pitched and a 1.38 ERA. So I think Northwestern, who has kind of been struggling a little bit as of late uh, and throughout this year to kind of get uh, production from all parts of the lineup, then you're going up against this tough staff for the Wolverines.
which prompts this question from me. What does Northwestern need to do this weekend to maybe pull out some wins? And then what should maybe they expect from this weekend on a more realistic sense? Well, I think what Northwestern, I mean, it, we're, we're kind of hammering home our old point. I don't think it changes from, you know, what we were talking about following the Maryland series. I think it still is um, the run production. I don't think that, you know, especially against a team that's streaking, especially against a team that has some hot hitters on the lineup, it's fair to ask your pitchers to completely um, shut them out. Michigan is going to score some runs. And so the question is, you know, do you have the run production? Do you have the ability to outmatch them? And, you know, hopefully the Wildcats can turn some of those narrow one-run losses into maybe narrow one-run wins because, again, just hammering home old points. They're not going to blow anybody out. We know that. But how do you, how do you make the most of the, the pieces that you do have, your strong starting pitching, your excellent defense? Um, how do you make the most of those pieces? I think it's, it's by providing them run support. So that's what I think the Wildcats need to do to get some wins, steal some wins away from Michigan this, this weekend. I think steal is the operative word there. It's going to be really tough. Kaufman as well as Henry are both guys who pitched in the Cape League uh, this last summer and had really, really good numbers there. These are going to be, hopefully if you're a Northwestern fan, low-scoring, grinded-out, cold-weather kind of games. I think the highest temperature for any of the three games this weekend is going to be 38, and that comes on Sunday. So we're talking near freezing temperatures. The wind should be gusting. These should be 4-1, to 5-4 to four kind of baseball games. It's going to come down to defense, space running, all that cliche baseball stuff. If Northwestern is to win, it's going to have to be in the close fashion, which is just something we haven't seen from this team as of late. Real quickly, before we sign off here, I want to get predictions from the two of you. How many games, how are they going to be split? Who's coming out with this series win this weekend? Uh, Michigan is coming out with a series win this weekend. It's just going to be tough for Northwestern to beat Kaufman and Henry. Again, they are future pro, major pro prospects, both sophomores right now with a ton of upside. It's going to be tough to score runs off of those guys. I think the Cats can salvage one of three. You never want the goal in a series going in to be winning one of three, but this is a tough baseball team in Michigan, one of the hottest teams in the country. I think if you win one in three, one out of three this weekend if you're Northwestern, you feel pretty good about themselves. So that'll be my prediction. I'm just going to echo that. I mean, I think a, a team coming in um, with the kind of streak Michigan's on, um, with the kind of you know firepower that they have, um, it's going to be tough to beat. So I'm, I'm just going to, you know, Will said it better than I could, so I'm, I'm just going to echo that. You hear, heard it here first, Northwestern absolutely has their hands full this weekend with the Michigan Wolverines, but that's why they play the games, and we, yeah, will have, we will have all of them this weekend on WNUR Sports. On Friday, it'll be Will Greer and Ben Boken on the call at 3 p.m. Back at home at Rocky and Bernice Miller Park, as Will mentioned. Should be a cold one this weekend for all three games, uh, so definitely should be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward. That's all for us here in Medill Edit Bay number 4. Huge thank you to Ryan Wangman and Will Greer for coming on. I've been Zach Coons. Thank you for joining us on this journey. That's all for us, and we will now have an interview from Matt McHugh with first base coach I'm here Dylan with first Napoleon, base coach Dylan Napoleon before the Michigan series. Weekend. We're going to recap the Maryland series first. And first of all, Dylan, overall, that series, it's been very similar to the beginning of conference play for you guys. You've lost five conference games, but by a combined six runs. How tough is that for you guys? Just morale-wise, knowing you've been so close in these games, but you don't have anything to show for it, really, in the win column right now. Right. Of course, it's going to be tough just because they're amplified games being in conference. 
at the same time, it kind of just shows us what we need to work on, work on the small things, execute offensively, and continue to throw it great, just starting pitching-wise and coming out of the bullpen ready to go. First, let's start with that Friday game where the big story of the whole weekend, Quinn Lavelle, an excellent start for you guys on the mound, earned him Big Ten Pitcher of the Week. How, what have you seen from him so far that's been just, just so special from that left-handed arm? Yeah, really just the way he carries himself. He executes pitches every time he's stepping on the mound. I think our guys really, really believe we're going to win that game. And when you have that feeling, that, that you're already ahead of the game. You know you're going to win that game. At least you feel you're going to put your team in the best situation possible. Adding on to that, a first-year pitcher as well, now pitching on Fridays for you guys. It's a big contrast from last year where you had a senior left-hander in Cooper Weatherby. Is that something that you guys are thinking about, just the mentality of a first year? and doesn't seem like it's affected him so far. No, not at all, and I think that's kind of just the way he carries himself. And, you know, he's a lead-by-example guy, not going to save it very much. And really just once he takes the ball on Friday nights, we feel really, really good about our chances that day. And then at the plate on Friday, you guys got some big hits in some big spots. Talk a little bit more about that and how that's something you maybe want to see going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes down to our offense when we execute really well it's going to be with the short game a little bit and then executing two out hits. And we had two in that three-run inning where we had Alex Arrow base hit and then a Willie Bourbon uh, double to left field. And then, uh, I mean, that's our offense at its best, you know, running the bases really well and executing two out hits. And also in that game, a beautifully executed safety squeeze to score a run there. And that's something with your speed on the base pads, that's something you could see more of going forward is just more aggressive base running and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we think we get things going offensively just with running the bases. And if we feel like we can steal a run with giving away an out, we'll take that every time. And then moving on to Saturday now, a tough start for Hank Christie. But you guys stayed into the game long after that. Your starter gets knocked out in the first, and you still have a chance to win. Got to feel like that's a pretty good thing to take away from that. But that being said, those late runs from Maryland, they really did hurt you in that one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, Hank's he's going to give us better starts than that, you know, and he, he would say that as well. Um, but the biggest thing, I think the story of it was Ryan Bader and Tommy coming out of the bullpen for five strong innings and setting the tone where our offense can kind of start working back, scrapping some runs together, and made it a really close ball game. And talking about a little bit more about Bader, and that's three straight good appearances for him, coming in huge with a long relief there. Can you see him getting more high leverage opportunities going forward in the rest of conference play? Yeah, I know Josh Reynolds feels really good about where he's at right now, and you know we we saw this coming. You know it's it's not nothing surprising to us, and we feel really good about his outings and looking forward to more of them. And then at the plate in that game, just not coming through in some opportunities, didn't score as much down the stretch in that game. How do you think that could be changed going forward? What needs to change at the plate, whether it's something with your approach or just an overall strategy to pick up a couple more of those runs late in the game? Yeah, I think it comes down to executing with less than two outs with a guy in third. You know, I think that's going to be something that we're really working on this week in practice. And when you look at the little things in one-run games, they're amplified a little more, especially them being conference. Um, and then at the same time, two-out RBIs, we're looking for those as well. And we had plenty of chances. and. We're just looking forward to executing. Moving on to Sunday now, another agonizing loss, but that doesn't diminish the effort of Jack Pagliarini on the mound. An excellent start from another first-year pitcher. Two first years in the rotation, but so far that has looked really, really good for you guys in conference play. Yeah, we always feel, again, very similar to Lavelle. Uh, he's been kind of getting on a roll. Pags has been the same way, and we really feel confident with Pags on the mound right now. 
and then at the plate in that game, Alex Arrow continues the hitting streak, mm-hmm. double digits with the hitting streak now, and he's looked great as the season has progressed. He got off to a bit of a slow start, though. What changed for him at the plate that has made him so strong in this last couple weeks? You know, I think early on in the season, Alex was hitting balls hard, and now we're just seeing them fall a little bit, and he's, he, he has a, a, a professional approach at the plate, and I really like uh, how he's going to move forward. And the way that game ended, a heartbreaking loss as Connor Lynn put a great swing on the ball, but a sliding catch in left field to end it. How does that feel for Connor? I know he's a guy who's been struggling at the plate lately. Yeah. He really did square that one up, but still nothing to show for it in that one. Yeah, for Connor, that would have been great to see that fall at the same time. He feels really good with it, whereas that bats have been lately. And just seeing a ball hard, hit hard that well. And, you know, we're, we're, we hope a couple of them fall for us this weekend. So a pair of losses against Maryland, but by a combined just one. Two runs in that series. Now moving on to the Michigan series upcoming this weekend here at Rocky and Bernice Miller Park. And this is a big series for you guys to try to get things back on track. There's not as much room for error now if we're talking about Big Ten tournament pictures. With five losses already in the book, run differential doesn't count for the Big Ten tournament. How does that change the way you guys operate knowing there isn't that much room for error in the rest of conference play? You know, it's not going to change our approach that much. We're, we're still going to look forward to our starting pitchers getting us off to the right foot, giving our hit offense a, a couple of innings to get going and get a lead and bring it in our bullpen and hopefully lock it down for us. Um, and I think that's just going to be the biggest key. And, you know, Michigan's a hot team right now, and but we feel really good at home as well. I mean, you mentioned Michigan a hot team. It's 12 straight wins for them right now. What, how do you try to cool off a team like that that they've got to be feeling pretty good? you got to know that they're feeling pretty good in that opposing clubhouse. Well, just just defensively, we gotta you know defend it really well again, execute pitches, win every inning. You know the little things are gonna be amplified again, and we just hope we we really believe we're gonna execute in those situations this weekend. And looking at this Michigan roster, it's very different from last year's Michigan team. They lost six starting position players, their entire rotation, their closer, their setup man. This is not the same Michigan team, but it seems like they've started to figure things out. How does that make your job more difficult as a coaching staff, knowing? Your players haven't really seen this Michigan team in person. Yeah, you know, this this deep into the season, we, we have some information. We got plenty of video on them, so we feel pretty confident in just relaying that to our guys. And at the same time, it comes down to just our guys executing against their hitters, our guys executing against their pitchers, and we feel really good with our guys. Finally, just one big key for you guys, either at the plate or in the field, against Michigan this weekend. I think, again, it's, it's executing the small ball. It's running the bases really, really well. And then those two-out hits, you're going to see what teams at the end of the weekend has the most two-out hits and two-out RBIs. And I think that's going to be the, the team that wins the series. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it. Absolutely.